Hello you awesome beings, welcome to Things I Wish I'd Known. This podcast is a love letter to my younger self of all the things I wish I'd known before I had deep issues with my mental health and my spiritual awakening. I hope you enjoy listening. Why not head to my website and purchase the new Live From Lockdown, seven guided meditations and gong meditations for your listening pleasure. Use the code TIWIK15, T-I-W-I-K 15, to get 15% off now. Hello and welcome back to Things I Wish I'd Known with your host, Rachel. I am the founder of Welford Wellbeing and the host of Things I Wish I'd Known and Isolation Station podcast. Today I'm speaking with Adele Wong. She is a spiritual teacher and helps confused seekers through sharing the difference between metaphysics and spirituality, which I'm really excited about getting into with her. She spent many years, similar to me, suffering with depression and anxiety. She also had a lot of physical pain until one day she met an energy healer and everything changed. Now she helps smart, intuitive and perfectionist women I'm going to put my hand up for that. <laughs> Create happiness and success through coaching and energy therapy. So, welcome. Thank you so much for joining me. I can't wait. So, we've been chatting a little bit off air, and I was like, quick, we need oh, to capture this magic. Wonderful to be here. Thank you. I'm excited. So, tell us a little bit about your story. You know, I know off air, we've been chatting a little bit about your description of depression, and I think so many people would resonate with that. So, can you just let everyone listening into your story a little bit? Yes. And so I struggled with depression for, oh my gosh, probably from the age 15 to maybe 29 or 30. And I didn't know it. I kind of thought this was life. You know, I had no concept that life should be enjoyable. It was something that you do. So whether it was good grades or meeting expectations, as long as you're doing that, you're sort of living and, you know, asking whether you were actually enjoying yourself with, I don't think that question ever occurred to me. I just knew as the years went on from high school through college towards when I was, you know, working successfully in a bank, I knew something was off. And the way I felt it was this constant seeking for, to improve myself. I was already attracted to books like by Tony Robbins. I I liked the Oprah, well, Oprah Winfrey was coming on at that time. I was very interested in improving myself because I thought, well, that's how you do life. You're always improving yourself in the job world. So naturally, the secret to success to a humanoid is, well, you should improve yourself. And so I didn't realize that this constant drumbeat for self-improvement was actually creating this weird dynamic that where what I am was not enough because you know I was raised to think whatever you do you can always do better if you get an A minus you can get an A plus if you're in if you're working in corporate and your your merit increases this well it could have been that I mean it's not that it's wrong to be always aspiring to something more but I didn't know the difference between aspiration for the more and fixing yourself if that makes sense Mm. I think it's the difference between that kind of carrot and stick mentality isn't it in one way it's like one of them feels like you're beating yourself with a stick like nothing you ever do is good enough and yeah you've done something really great it's like you don't recognize that you've done something really amazing because you're already on to whatever the next thing is so even if you like 
got that marathon you know you ran that marathon and you've got the what do you call it trophy or medal or whatever you're still thinking like oh I could do an ultra marathon now so then you're on to the training for that the bar keeps keeps moving yeah but my main point was because I was so motivated to improve myself because I knew something was off I started reading a lot of books on self-development and spirituality and at that time I had no concept of what spirituality was I thought it was metaphysics And that confusion is something that I speak on a lot now, because depending on your community, when the word spirituality, it can mean something religious, or it can mean something more metaphysical, like things like crystals and karma and past lives. And, you know, what are we really talking about? Because if people dive into religion to find themselves, or they dive into crystals, or having a you know, a past life reading, it's still sometimes I got to fix myself. It's just a different flavor. And that can be a little confusing because people think they're working on themselves spiritually. Like if the message is still, I need to be fixed. It's a constant battle of it's never enough, if that makes sense. And that was, that was my case. That actually contributed to my spiritual confusion and my depression. So that's why I love listening to your story, the story of your other guests on depression. It's all the same, like all roads lead to Rome, but we may have come from depression in different ways. And mine was from, like, I didn't know how to connect to humans at all. I only knew how to achieve. And I was diving into self-help to fix myself rather than aspiring for something better. Mm, I, I really hear that. I think definitely at points, there have been, you know, where I just wanted to do the next course and the yeah. next book and the next thing. And it was like, were you a junkie like oh me? Oh my God, total junkie. It was like, plug me in at the mains, like to spiritual stuff, you know? And partly I think it was just because my mind got open to this whole new realm that I didn't even know yeah. existed. And it's, so it's exciting. It's it is exciting. You're like, what the yeah. I've been lied to my whole life. Oh my God, what is all this stuff? And it's really exciting. You're like, yes, oh my God, I want to learn everything there is to know about this new world that's opened yeah. up. But I do agree. I think there was another part of me that was like, I'm broken. And unless I get this next level, and I, and I still notice that in myself, this is a pattern that I have to be very aware of that I am very active. I love doing things. I'm totally the multi hyphen, you know, person of like, for a while people were saying oh god what is she up to now because you know I'd be making hats and sewing kimonos and like you know creating art and then I'm doing an art exhibition in Covent Garden and then I'm also going snowboarding and being a sales director and like you know people were just like what the actual f you can't do all of those things and be good at them and I was kind of like watch me and then obviously I had a breakdown because it wasn't realistic but there was this whole thing around you know it's okay to keep trying things on and doing different things and seeing what you enjoy and what you don't enjoy but there should be joy in that and that actually if you're doing it because the way right you know it's not like yeah Anything that is joyful along the way, you're halfway there. It's not like you suffer with self-improvement and fixing your problems and I'll me, myself, and one day you arrive and then you're happy. If there's joy along the way, you can't go wrong. You can't go wrong. I learned this from Danielle Laporte. I don't know if anyone listening might already be aware of her work. And one of the poignant books that I read in my journey was her Desire Map. Yes, I have that Oh my God, I I love that book. Yeah, it's on the bookshelf somewhere. Right, within that, 
she talks about, you know, why do people get to say 40 or 50 or 60 years old and they've got everything they ever dreamt of. They've got the houses, the cars, the spouse, the children, the white picket fence, the little pet, the holidays in wherever, you know, all the money, all the everything that they've strived to have in their life and they're still miserable. Why is that? And it's because there's no connection between the thing that you have and the feeling that you think the thing is going to give you. And that's something that I really try and strive for now is like, am I having fun? Am I enjoying myself? You know, what a concept. Yeah. You've just described many of the folks that I work with is exactly that. They did all the right things. Mm. You've got all the external validation and still inside because you haven't followed. And, And the thing that I loved about it was she was talking about, you know, say, for example, most people have an aspiration in the West anyway, of you know, buying a house for a lot of people worldwide. That's an aspiration. But why do you want the house? Is it status? Is it power? Is it security? Is it you want to build a home? Is it you want to start a family and you want somewhere secure for for them to be? Now, if you can tune into what the feeling is, if it's that you want to feel secure, for example, you might get a mortgage and feel very unsecure because you can't afford the repayments. And actually, you'd feel more secure if you stayed in your flat than if you bought at that moment. If you want to build a home, how can you generate that where you are how can you make your current space more homely if it's that power and status you know well maybe you need to wait a little while because you're not quite there yet how can you feel more powerful and more status with what you already have you know it's just kind of like actually looking at you know you're never really after the object you're after the feeling the object's gonna give you and so it's like ah and that's one thing I've massively noticed, you know, this may go out after lockdown's finished, but, you know, we're currently on lockdown and noticing the things that I'm missing that I never thought that I would miss. And I was like, one thing I'm missing is adventure. I'm like, oh, I feel like I haven't had an adventure. And not that I'm really, I'm not, you know, I love to travel, don't get me wrong, but I'm not the kind of person that, like, I've got a few friends of mine who are constantly traveling. You know, they're always on an adventure, whether it's like, you know, one of my friends in, in fact, I don't know, I'm going to give her a little shout out, Sophie. She's got a blog, Mad to Live, and she's always on adventure. You know, she's one of these, she's incredibly good looking, yogi, horse riding through the surf, you know, with her hair, (laughs) at a rock concert, jumping off a cliff, like snowboarding somewhere, like she's super, super adventurous. You know, sometimes I think, well, I'm not like that. I'm definitely not that adventurous. But, you know, being just basically within my flat and then walking to the local shop to get you know whatever supplies that I need and then walking back and that or maybe going for a run a couple of times a week like that's my only current adventure I'm like oh I need more adventure in my life and so it's been really nice to actually tune in a little bit to like okay what's the current what's the undercurrent of what are you missing when when things are taken away okay how can you inject more of that when you come (laughs) out of this So, yeah, I think that's a really powerful thing. I'd love to come back to as well, because I really liked what you were saying about connection and depression. I'd love you to just kind of delve into that a little bit more for for people that are listening, because I think that will really resonate with with listeners as well. Well, for me and many of the women that I, and men that I work with, but for myself, I always struggled with how to connect to people. And I know that sounds really weird. You know, how can you not know how to connect with people. And I said, connect. I didn't say talk. I could talk to people just fine. 
But in my family, it was about having the right answer. It was about what would be a good response in the moment. If someone's talking about a problem, I want to offer help. I want to say something really wise and useful, or I want to let them know I care. And the energetic of me talking with another humanoid was always one of, I've got to say something to build the relationship. Energetically, it was one of a little bit of effort. It was outgoing. And because I did not know how to receive people. And I see this in so many of my clients. It's subconscious. We don't really know how to connect with, with each other deeply. That's why I was very attracted to your podcast, Rachel, because a podcast by nature is receptive. Someone is listening to this, yeah? It's in her ear right now. All she has to do is receive it. She doesn't have to look good in the moment and say something useful. She can allow herself to receive and really be with that. And if this channel of receiving another person in the moment deeper than just like for, for people who are on the podcast, they can't see. But if you're watching a video, you can see my body. It sort of bounces off the skin, right? Like if I take what you say and it's sort of bouncing versus allowing you in, that that's, a, that's an experience of the moment. And my depression was because I didn't know how to experience people in the moment. I only knew how to talk back at them and sound like what, what I'm showing you now on video is a little bit more of a performing energy to be appropriate, to be understanding, to be smart and useful, because that's how in my family, that's how you did life, you know? And the reason why I am so passionate about this and how it relates to depression is if you are not able to connect deeply with people, life is always going to feel a little bit off because most of what we want as humanoids in some way, shape, or form comes through people. Clients, for example, come through them feeling you. And that means money, your sense of dating, love, parenting, being noticed on the job for your contributions if you're in a corporate setting, more recognition in some way, building a tribe, whatever it is, most of what we really want inside comes through relationship. Would you not agree? Yeah. And I think what's interesting about what you said, I think a lot of people will resonate with this. What I'm hearing when you say that is through my experience was very much that when you're trying to, you're constantly trying to project a version of yourself that you think will be most acceptable and wanted by whoever's in front of you. And And it's so quick. It's exhausting. Yeah, it's exhausting. That'll leave thinking about like, what is it in this moment? And a lot of this for me was subconscious. I didn't realize I was doing it until yeah, after the fact when so I stopped quick. doing it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and, and I'm like, ah, oh. yeah. You, and you it, can't it connect so because you're so in your own head thinking, like, do they like me? Did they think that thing I just said was funny? Absolutely. Could I have been 
Bingo. Am I being respected? Am I the butt of the joke here or not? Or is that, yeah. you know, and there's all this analyzing going on in, in yeah. the head that it's very important. It's almost impossible to genuinely hear to be what somebody else is saying in order to actually connect with them because you're so busy worrying and thinking and whatever's going on in here that often people are talking and then you think I don't even know what they just said because I'm so trying to respond already to what the last you know maybe they've asked a question within a question and you're so busy thinking about the answer to that question that you forget to continue listening to what and it's like oh that's the one thing I noticed after I came out of my depression and the anxiety and I really came back to being comfortable with who I was and 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 who I am or you know I don't know whatever whoever Rachel Welford is you know that actually it's just easier to be with people because you're not worried about getting found out or saying the wrong thing or upsetting someone or doing something wrong because you realize that you know if you did say the wrong thing you just apologize or if you do upset someone it's not intentional you know everything just becomes easier this dance of relationship of people, of, I mean, bingo, what you said is exactly what my experience was. And once I went through, you know, my, my growth and, and finding out now, I really understand how my clients and really most of our culture is suffering. It, it's subconscious. It's not like anyone sat down and said, I'm going to worry about what this person really thinks of me. I mean, it's just so <laughs> automatic. Yeah. But then how do we turn that off? Because you're absolutely right, Rachel. If it's so loud in your head, you can't receive the moment. You can't really receive the other person. And on some level, they can feel it. On some level, they can feel when Rachel's not fully present. They were so psychic, right? We can feel it. Just like I can feel when someone receives me and they can feel when someone receives, you know, when it's mutual, it's, you know, it's a different experience. And I'm convinced you know, in my experience with, you know, hundreds of clients and doing this for 10 years, when people get, when the, when people are able to step into this new way of being, and it's not self-improvement, it's an experience, they, they are able to know who they are because the loneliness and depression that I went through, and maybe you experienced too, Rachel, it's a feeling of not really being known. It's a feeling of not being deeply understood. And how do you do that if you're always like this with people? It needs to be this way, but I didn't know how to do that. So I worked with medicine people around the world, all over. I mean, there was a point where I said, if I don't get out of this depression, I'm just going to leave. I don't see any point in being here. It was after a breakup. I was really at the depths where I could not continue living this way. I had to get hit by a two by four because I was just soldiering on. And so I said, I'm, I'm tired of trying to be so smart and helpful and understanding with people. I see no point. It didn't work with this man. I was madly in love. He partly, you know, he just, it wasn't a good fit and I didn't know it. And because I was constantly like this to be the good girlfriend, right? Instead of receiving And so he didn't really know me. I didn't really know me. And I discovered that this process of being with people was so painful for me. I needed to find a different way to do it. And what I tell all my clients is, you may have topped out on what you can do with only books because books is a solitary experience, right? We cannot heal this dance with relationships 
if you're alone. Come work with a Rachel, come work with an Adele, because this is a safe environment to experience being with a humanoid. I think a lot of the work starts, doesn't it, when you're in a relationship as well. Like, I really noticed, like, part of my healing journey, I wasn't doing the steps, but it's very similar. Like, I ended up almost doing the steps of, like, AA or something, and I went to make good some of my past wrongs or whatever. And one of those was I was speaking to an ex-boyfriend from, God, I think we hadn't spoke for like 10 years. And I'd been really carrying this thing of like, I was really selfish in our relationship. And I just expected him because I had, I was working on my career at that point, And I just expected him to kind of drop everything that he was doing and just follow me on, on my career path and move cities and like, you know, and was really annoyed that because the work that he was doing at the time, he could have got a transfer, he could have done that work in any city, it didn't have to be where he was. And I remember being really frustrated that he wouldn't come with me. And to me, that meant that he didn't love me enough and all that kind of crap. And anyway, when I rang him up, and I sort of prepared this apology to say, you know, I'm really sorry, that was really selfish of me. And I shouldn't have expected you to give up your hopes and dreams or leave your friends and your family or whatever just to follow me around like that's not actually that's pretty selfish his experience of it was completely different and he was like oh my god I never saw it like that is that how you thought you I never thought you were selfish I never you know I just thought you you know and it was very interesting to see how often these stories that we tell ourselves and we hold on to for for ages when we actually out them to someone else that's not their experience of us at all anyway and how when we were in the relationship together, one of the things that I was constantly, I did not feel like I was good enough for him. I thought he was way too good for me. And how did I manage to get a guy like this, you know? And so I spent half my time in that relationship trying to be the perfect girlfriend. And it was bloody exhausting. You know, I did all the embarrassing things that you think you'll never do from like waking up really quietly. Oh my God, if he listens to this, I'm going to be really embarrassed. <laughs> But like waking up quietly before he gets up to put my makeup on on, in like a natural look so that when and then creeping back into the bed so that when you wake up, you look like you're already perfect and stuff like that. And it's so fucked up. You know, I would never do something like that now. But like at the time and and that wasn't driven by him or his behavior. It was driven by my lack of self-belief in myself and my lack of being able to connect to somebody on a level of we're all imperfectly perfect, you know, and I think it's really, really resonated what you've just said there about trying to connect with people, but when you do it on your own, you know, and I'd read loads of self-help books by that point. I mean, I hadn't had my breakdown by then, but you can't really, you can do a lot of healing by by yourself and on your own, but I think a lot of it, you need other people to reflect. You do, because depression comes from disconnection. And it's not like, well, there unless your archetype, if your your spiritual journey in this life is to be a hermit, there are some people who don't really need a lot of people or, or they don't need anybody. They're they're completely happy living alone. Now, if that's you will know that that is you if you're happy living completely alone. It's rare. What tends to happen is people isolate saying, I don't want to deal with people anymore. I'm much more peaceful alone. I'm like, great but are you happy this way? And they'll say, well, I'm like, and then eventually there's this hope. Well, if I could somehow 
find the right partner or, or friends that don't just suck the energy out of me. I'm like, okay, so if we could get that for you, what would be, there's a yearning. But what happens in our modern culture is people have gotten so burnt and, and hurt from relationship because this dance somehow didn't work. We don't have good models. Maybe your parents weren't good models. It's become very cognitive. Cognitive behavior therapy is okay, but it's not the full Monty because then people are constantly thinking about their thinking. Ooh, was that a positive thought? Ooh, was that a negative thought? Let me, let me control my thinking. That's not bad, but it's not the only tool we've got because it still takes mental effort to watch your own thinking. And so what I get, I get a lot of clients after they've done a lot of therapy. I'm like, great. If you've topped out on therapy, like you keep going for a while and then it just starts to level off. Like you're not getting new breakthroughs. I'm like, get in here. There's a lot more we can do that's not as cognitive based. You can still use the therapy. If you want to see a therapist with me at the same time, yay, your therapy is going to take off. Let me show you some things you've probably never heard of. They're fun. And you'll start feeling something in your body of what does it feel like to feel the moment? It's more sensual. It's more the essence of the real you. Because Rachel, as you were describing your adventures, I'm like, but that's, that's who you are. You have an adventurous quality. You're just born this way. You know, just can't, it's not like you said, I'm going to be adventurous. But if your life does not honor some sort of creative, I'm going to try it. It doesn't yeah. necessarily mean flying around the world. But someone else may not, they may express a different quality. It may be, I need to be creative. You know, I'm happiest when I'm creative in some way. The written word, drama, that, that feeds them. Great. That's more who you are. And in both of these, people are somehow part of the equation. Your experiences in travel, for example, meeting people or doing podcasts, the, the excitement of, you know, that connection. Like I said, the true hermit archetype where I don't want people around me. I want to live by myself on an island with a moat. It's fairly rare. It's only when people are, they've been hurt. They just don't want to deal with the drama of people. There's, there's a piece in there that I'm like, I have to go in there and poke around. Is this really what you want? Like back to Danielle Laporte's work, does that fire you up or is it just a coping way to make the pain less? And so, you know, with my clients, they come alive knowing that there's another level. It's just settling for less drama. I'm like, <laughs> what does that feel? You know, and there may be something more. Yeah. So I'm very... Yeah. I think it's really hard though. I remember like for a while after the very depths, like my bottoming out of depression, where I literally, you know, this is going to sound so bad to say this out loud. And I'm not, I can laugh at this on reflection. It is quite a serious situation, but you know, I'd, I'd gone from the point of just like, what's the point? I don't care if I die to just exactly. feeling, to just feeling suicidal every day, but knowing I wasn't going to do anything about it. So it'd be like, I don't know, every time I'd cross the road, I'd have to just be mindful not to jump in front of a car or I'd look at buildings and think that's nice and high, you know, that kind of thing. And that was more positive. That was a more positive place to be in. And I think I remember very acutely having a conversation with someone and saying, I don't know how to feel anything other than nothing. 
and trying to reconnect for ages, like trying to reconnect with joy and like happiness and excitement and peace yeah. and just like what does that even feel like what does it even feel like to I love that laugh See. at a joke and genuinely you know like when you belly laugh at something and your whole being is just like oh my god that's so funny rather that's... than laughing with your mouth because you know exactly. it's a joke it's that's... like you said the key word in my work what I'm telling everyone is joy is not a thought joy is not a concept or your that your mind can't find joy but in my work, I'm very interested in what I call, it's called different things, but in the tantric traditions or some energy work, it's, it comes from inside, it's lower belly, okay? So the sensuality of life, joy, meaning, all these things that people are looking for, they come from a source in the body that's much lower. And that's the problem. If you are using cognitive therapy or thinking or books, it's still kind of mental, then the first thing I tell all my clients, I tell my women clients, I want you to drop into your feminine essence. And they look at me like such a thing. I'm like, it is the sensual sexuality part of the bod. And then, of course, we got to dance with, you know, I'm like, just try it. And so I'll lead people into some simple exercises. We can't do that on a podcast, but on a video, I could show people where it feels good. It feels very grounded. And it's not something you have to clear your mind to do. And I tell people, there's a difference between clearing your mind and getting sensual in the moment. What do you, you know, smells. If you look around the room, the colors, they can be so tense, you know, and the, the air on your skin and your sexuality is firing, already will feel less depressed. You may not be swinging from the rooftops yet, but depression comes from this mental crap we were talking about animals who don't think so much they're just naturally alive and sniffing the breeze very <laughs> yeah. sensual experience yeah. they feel the aliveness and then from that state getting that belly laugh mm. the mind can't make a belly laugh the belly laugh where you just it's just spontaneous in the moment that comes from a lower point in the body so this is more of the energy work I, I won't get into today, but I, I'm very good at helping clients quickly drop into that access point. And they're like, mm. oh. I'm like, yeah, it's I think right. A lot there. of this is, you know, we try and fix things by logic and thinking because that's in the West, especially, you know, that that's kind of how we're taught. It's like, well, you know, we are mechanical beings. And if there's something wrong with your brain, then there's something wrong with your brain and you need to fix the chemicals in the brain. And then, but they're not actually thinking that actually we are way more than mechanical beings. You know, there's this whole electrical, electromagnetic field Absolutely. of energy. And there's also and lots of other things that are happening. And it's, you know, I think when you try and fix it only from one angle, and this is again similar thing I talk about is you know you've got the mental the emotional the spiritual the physical like how many oh, layers are you actually yeah. fixing because if you're only fixing the physical it's going to pop up somewhere else unless you actually fix the mental the emotional and the spiritual at the same time then you can clear it and then you can really change you know but if you're you're going to run that same pattern again in a different way until you prove it and and clear it so you might as well just yeah. do all four at once. Yeah, most of my clients have tried a lot of things. And I said, you know, it's it's not like I'm going to fix myself mentally today. 
and tomorrow I'm going to go work out. And then, oh, and it, it, it's this stew. And when you incorporate the physical, the, the sensuality component, my clients typically get results much, much faster than therapy because I'm not interested in what they know. They already know more than I do about their, 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 their issues. I'm like, I'm not you. You already have done tremendous self-inquiry. But I'm noticing that the lower body, that the energy centers are completely turned off. There's not possible to feel joy when you're a walking head. You know, you wake up and you <laughs> the head, you go to work, you use the head, and then you put the brain, your head to sleep. You yeah. can't possibly feel joy that way. And so when the energy centers of the feminine essence, the sensuality, the sexuality, and, and with more embodiment, whole, I mean, people's lives change quickly. And then what happens with my work, they come back freaked out. <laughs> Things are changing too quickly for the better because the mind, yeah. okay, then I got to make sure that they don't contract again. And the mind so can't someone, catch up. Yeah. For example, someone might have spent, you know, five years on match.com and not found anyone. And then they, you know, we do some work and the energy is flowing and they go out and meet someone and then they're panicking because he's such a great guy. And I'm like, okay, we got to keep you expanding because the mind is going to contract. It's used to contracting and say, what's wrong with him? And I'm going to look for, this is going to end. I know it. I'm just going to, I'm going to dump him before he dumps me. And I'm like, well, you could, but do you want to? And yeah. so, you know, there's the next level and yeah. it's, it's always yeah. the layers. It's always the layers. Mm. Absolutely. So what do you, what things do you wish you'd known? about your journey from, you know, through depression and anxiety, all that physical pain, the kind of people pleasing, trying to be this helpful, smart person that's just useful to people through to, you know, really understanding kind of spirituality, metaphysics and living this very passionate kind of happy existence. Yeah. Well, I want everyone out there to know there's another way. First of all, stop fighting yourself so much. As long as people feel like if I could just forgive, if I could just let that go, if I could just think more positively, anytime someone is doing that, I know they're still in the efforting. So the first thing I tell people when they come in or I work with people all over the world on Zoom, I'm like, stop fighting. That's still the mind saying, I'm doing something wrong and I need to fix it. And so it's the mind's fighting itself. So I basically invite people, stop fighting yourself. And in the non-resistance of, oh, I guess I do that. Okay. There is a relaxing instead of this shaming of, I've worked on this so much. I should, I just need to let that go. I'm like, stop. You know, that's just more work. Instead of these like, oh, okay. And in working through, like, I am a real proponent of, embodiment work and turning on the embodiment. It's hard to explain. It's the feminine presence work or masculine presence work. It has to do with energies and experience of the body. Not so much, oh, I'm going to balance your chakra system, although that's one form of energy. I'm more interested in what people feel in their body because I can say 101% of anyone, everyone who's in depression, the body's energy systems have shut down can't feel anything. That's why it feels so awful. So I have a body of work that can turn that on gently. So you don't have to work on yourself. It's just, oh, 
Let's try this. Let's try that. And it can be fun. And my client said, I never thought that moving into the next level could be so enjoyable. I'm like, well, yeah, I mean, why should it be so painful? It can be tense. There can be some corners that need to, oh, you know, this thing with your mom and there's, there's some intensity, but I've always said that joy comes from growth. And as long as you feel like getting somewhere, there's joy there because I found more pieces of myself. Depression comes when you're trying to do the same thing over and over and fix yourself or affirmations, positive thinking over and over, and it's not working. You're not getting anywhere. That, and then you feel like, well, what, what else is there to do? Yeah, this is it. I'm like, as long as you still feel growth, you're going to find joy because we are meant to keep growing children grow, plants grow, we grow. If we're stale, like we were talking about depression, something is off. I'm not growing. And then I can't feel anything. There's no joy. There's no belly laugh. There's no wonder of the moment. And so that is the body of work I specialize in, especially for people who have tried a lot of other things. And I say, keep working out, keep eating well, keep going, you know, do all these other practices and, you know, the answer is never only in one place. You know, it's not just spiritual inquiry. We're totally multifaceted. And it's really important that you look at all those facets. Oh, blend it all together. Yeah. But that's what happened. That's what helped me. And, you know, because I went around the world looking for myself and she was right here. I just didn't know how to do it. Yeah, I find that as well. Like a few people that I speak with and they're like, maybe I just need a holiday, mate. And I'm like, but you're still going to be there on that holiday. You know, <laughs> maybe I need to move house. You're still going to be in the other house. Maybe I need to change my job. You're still going to be there in your other job. <laughs> maybe you need to yeah, work on yeah. the inner, inner bit and then, and then work on the job. And then maybe exactly. you still want to move. And then maybe you still want a holiday, but you're definitely going to enjoy it more. If you know? you're living for vacations, something is wrong. You know? And in fact, the latest neuroscience has found that some a lot of people get more anxious when they are supposedly trying to relax because as long as my mind they've, they've measured this in in neuroscience is the latest that's come out that really surprised me that some people feel more it's like as long as i'm writing this email the mind is focused when i'm not focused this rush of all this thinking comes up so I, let me go go distract myself netflix or it could be alcohol, because dealing with me, myself, and I, when I don't have anything to do except just be, is so uncomfortable. Yeah, I see that a lot. Yeah. And also your body gets addicted. You know, this is something that I learned from a woman that I do quite a lot of work with, a good friend of mine, Dr. Carla Stanton, and we were doing a sort of joint training together, and she was teaching about the physiology in the body and what happens with stress. And I had no idea how much your body gets addicted, addicted. to the chemicals. Yeah. So if you're always in stress and you, your body's constantly got cortisol and adrenaline and you go on holiday and you relax and it's only creating, you know, oxytocin and acetylcholine, it's going to be like, where's my chemical fix? Exactly. Where's my stress? I don't like this. I don't know what this is. I should be doing more work. I should be, you know, yeah. And then it's like, oh, actually trying to turn that off. And this is what I say, you know, a lot of the time sounds similar to what you say. It's like practice. And I say to my clients, you need to practice yeah. relaxing. You need to practice yeah. doing things that make you happy. You need to, because you're, pra you're subconsciously practicing being depressed. You don't realize that's what you're doing. 
I know. When all the time that you're depressed, you're basically practicing being depressed and you're having depressed thoughts and you're behaving because you are depressed, right? So it's and it's all encompassing. Like anyone who's been there, I'm I'm not belittling it or saying like, oh, you know, snap out of it or anything like that. I'm not. It's you know, it's all encompassing and it's there is a physical there's a chemical component the, the body gets used to not moving a certain Completely. way Your thoughts start going a some funky way and i'm not feeling the moment i'm all these things but you end up in that loop yeah. you know thinking and feeling i'm depressed there's no point what's the thing and then the body doesn't want to do anything and you end up in this like awful loop and you've got a break that at some point something needs to break that loop and I think this is a thing a lot of time when people are busy all the time, it's they're distracted, distracted, distracted. They try and relax and slow down. And then it's like, oh, this is what I have to actually deal with. That's typically the woman I serve because she's like a lifetime of living this way. And then she's very anxious. And so it's through our work, I'm able to help women regain a sense of how to relax. You know, I've had some women, I had one woman recently who had been through like five stints in the hospital for stress related issues they the doctors kept saying there's nothing physically wrong but you this is the fifth time you're in the er with all these weird things and you know through she and then she kept saying but i don't feel stressed i don't feel it and the doctor said it's so ingrained in you you don't even feel your own stress level you reset so your body will reset that that baseline oh, level yeah and after our work she hasn't been in the hospital at all she said this is amazing, amazing. normally she's in the hospital all the time she says i feel great she didn't know the body was so used to a certain way of stress she didn't know she was stressed so a powerful. lot of performers don't know they're stressed so powerful yeah. So is there anything else you wish that I'd asked you or anything else you want to share? Yeah. I'm just amazed. I'm very excited for what you're doing with this podcast. I know we talked about a lot of cool things that I'm passionate about. Hopefully the listeners get some useful tidbits out of this. And I'm just excited to have had this time. Oh, me. it's been great talking to you. I could talk to you all day. <laughs> Thank you so good. much for coming Thank on. You. How do people find out more about you? How can they listen to your podcast? How can they connect yes. with you? You can Google my name. I'm on YouTube. I've got a YouTube channel. I've got some stuff on SoundCloud, Facebook. If you're interested in just kicking around thoughts about whether or not we could work together, if I could help you, I don't know. I usually just like to talk to people first, you know, what's going on to see if it is something I can help them with. If, if I can, great. If not, I might know of somebody. It's, it's time well spent just exploring the options. If you're sick of only chemicals to help your depression or you've done therapy for a while and it's just, you know, you're looking for something more that's more spiritual, more in the essence of you, send me a direct message on Facebook safehavenhealing.net or adelwong.com. We can just connect. I do have a webinar coming up because we're in the middle of this weird COVID situation right now. And that's for, if you're feeling emotionally flat because from the self-confinement, you're fighting with your kids all day, you, you've lost your daily routines, you know, lost opportunity. Maybe you're worried financially. Maybe you lost your job. I mean, this is a time of great chaos send me a direct message or an emoji or whatever. And I, I can send you information on that, but it's just nice to connect. Yeah. Just Google my name and there are a billion ways to connect with I'll me. I'll put, I'll put all the links below as well. So yes. thank you so much for joining me. It's been a real pleasure. 
and so listeners thank you so much for listening as ever if you've enjoyed this episode stick a review up let other people find us and we will be back again next week much love if you enjoyed listening why not leave us a review it really does help other people to find this podcast and enjoy it too feel free to share it with friends and family members that you think it might be useful to thanks so much for listening see you next time